welcome to the Reinvest Podcast, a podcast that is based on building confidence for you to manage your personal finances and the ministry finances that you've been entrusted with. Welcome back to another episode of the Reinvest Podcast. Uh, working at the Board of Retirement, uh, one of the questions that we get posed um, oftentimes by young ministers or uh ministers that are just starting to set up um, their pay packages and things like that is, should I opt out of Social Security since that is an option? Uh, So the IRS code has a provision in it in IRS form 4361 that states, I am consciously opposed to or because of my religious principles, I am opposed to the acceptance for services I perform as a minister of any public insurance that makes payments in the event of death, disability, old age, or retirement, or that makes payments towards the cost of or provides services for medical care. Under penalties of perjury, I declare that I have examined this application and to the best of my knowledge and belief, this it is true and correct. So this is the form that a lot of pastors uh, are encouraged uh, by their uh, tax men uh, to take advantage of because they don't have to pay the um, 15.3% self-employment tax. Uh, but this is not always a beneficial option for our pastors to take. Uh, Chris Compton is joining us today. And he has written an article that appears in one magazine that is titled, Is Opting Out an Option? And we're going to kind of dive into this article and this podcast and kind of talk through, you know, what makes it, um, what are the drawbacks of doing it? Uh, And um, if someone has done it, uh, what are their options of getting back in or protecting themselves against, you know, the things that they're giving up by opting out? So today, uh, Chris, let's kind of dive into your article and just kind of give us a little bit of background on, you know, where you're coming from and writing this and, you know, what people really need to know before they do it or if they have done it, um, what do they need to to do to kind of prepare themselves uh, to make up for opting out? Well, thanks, John, for uh, the opportunity to, to discuss this and discuss uh, the article and I wrote the article because just having a lot of discussions, as you mentioned, we do in our office with especially young ministers who are contemplating the possibility of using that provision and opting out of paying into Social Security with their ministerial earnings. And um, and then we have some who we've spoke with, older ministers who have opted out, who wished that they hadn't. So because of that, uh, I want to, to write about it and just give the information about, you know, what you do if you decide to opt out and, you know, some of the things that, that need to be in place. Uh, I think a lot of uh, young ministers who, uh, who are contemplating this decision, uh, are being advised by some others, you know, that this could be a way to save on paying taxes. You don't have to pay the 15.3% uh, 
uh, on their ministerial earnings and so they can save the taxes. Uh, but I think a lot of them don't understand uh, what kind of decisions they're making because it's not a decision that should be taken, made in haste or should be taken lightly. Uh, it's a very important financial decision, maybe one of the most important ones that a person will make. And, and so it's a decision that that's irrevocable. Once you make the decision to opt out, you uh, can't change that under current law. And so yeah, and we I'll, just go ahead. And I'll point out just, <clears throat> just as some background. So when you're opting out of social security, like you're not, you're not just opting out of the retirement benefit that social security provides, but you're also opting out of your Medicare. You're also opting out of your social security disability. You're also opting out of the retirement program, but you're also giving up the survivor life insurance benefits that are paid to your spouse and children. And so you're giving up all those things. And so that's one of those things where you need to understand fully what you're giving up uh, whenever you whenever you opt out of Social Security, uh, not just, oh, I want to save taxes. And then from a what the IRS has provided this form for is for ministers that have a conscious opposition to receiving public benefit. And as as the way it's written in the IRS rules or in this language that they have, it's not, it's not just that they, they didn't write it just as like, a, I personally have it, but it's more like our religious sect has a problem with it and which free will Baptists don't. Um, and so it, it can be read both ways, but that's kind of the intent that was put, or at least that's how it's been explained to me by officials at the IRS is that it was the intent that it was your denominational belief um, that Social Security was not something that you should partake in. And I think as we uh, talk about the ethical implications of it, uh, you know, when, when a person is filling out the form and they're, they're signing, I mean, uh, they're, they're signing that they, you know, they consciously are opposed to receiving uh, that form of public insurance. And so it's not just that, well, it's a way for me to get out of uh, paying taxes on this, or I think investing in Social Security is a bad investment. And, and you may think that, and it may be. Uh, you might be able to do better uh, investing for yourself, but you can't opt out for those reasons on penalty of perjury, as the statement says, is that you uh, are consciously opposed or the religious sect or denomination you're involved with is however you read that. But but it's more than just, I don't want to pay the taxes or I think it's a bad investment. It's that you are certifying on penalty of perjury that you're doing that. So I've just encouraged, you know, young ministers to, to really consider what they're doing. And uh, if in some could be consciously opposed, but I think as you said, John, that most of their denomination are, are not uh, when it comes uh, to thinking of it that way. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I would point out as a, from a retirement standpoint for just the retirement benefits that you give up, 
so the average uh, Social Security benefit right now for 2021 uh, is around 18,500 a year. And so you're not you're not talking about, you know, significant uh, amount of money that, to live on. But at the same time, it's not, you know, insignificant. Um, but in order for you to have that much in to offset what you'd be giving up from your Social Security benefit, uh, then you need to save more than uh, $300,000 in a retirement account just to offset what you give up uh, for Social Security. So that's not just you need $300,000, you need $300,000 more than what your uh, original retirement goal was in order to offset what you gave up for uh, your Social Security benefits. That also, uh, again, with the survivor life insurance benefits for your children, for your spouse and dependents, um, those are hard things to to calculate what that would actually look at as far as like what you'd have to pay in to get that kind of offset uh, to replace it. But those are two; those are probably two of the main um, things that people don't like if they do opt out they don't um, consider what the cost of replacing opting out is. Because if you invest all the 15.3% that you don't pay in taxes, then you would probably come out better. Um, but most people don't do that. If they're opting out to save money, then they're not putting that money uh, to work for them in other places. And so again, like, like you said, you know, losing out on some of the survivor uh, benefits and things, um, it may be a good idea for a person who has opted out, if you've not done this or considering it, to think about the cost of, you know, some term life insurance. As you said, uh, you if you opt out, you won't be eligible to receive survivor uh, benefits. So uh, you want to be sure to have something in place to uh, help care for your family uh, if if you were to to pass away uh, and you're not and you don't have that survivor benefits and so yeah, and not just not just term life insurance like if you've opted out of uh, your social security and so you're trying to replace uh, what you gave up then you need um, you need long-term uh, disability insurance you need whole life insurance uh, not just term, but you need whole life insurance. Um, and then you, you're also going to have to offset your Medicare um, uh, part that you'd have uh, with your Social Security as well. And so um, those are all things that once you start adding those in, again, if you're investing all of the 15.3% that you've opted out of, then you might be able to afford all that stuff uh, but Medicare and Social Security, they also get steep discounts uh, from the government for running that program. And so they're going to be able to get those services a lot cheaper than what you'd be able to get it on your own. It's really hard to, uh, I think you may have even said this, or it'd be really hard to calculate the, the cost, the impact of, of op opting out. And um, my biggest concern in writing this is to protect and help 
the, the young ministers really, really do their homework and really consider the, the, the implications and perhaps the consequences of it. Because I've seen so, I've talked to so many older ministers who wish they wouldn't have done that and they're not prepared uh, for, for life after, you know, retirement. And uh, the, the cost of healthcare uh, increases, skyrockets all the time. Uh, and so I just, just, I just really implore ministers uh, to, to really consider uh, the, the, the financial implications of making such a, a monumental, irrevocable decision. Yeah, and <clears throat> some sometimes uh, the government. Well, I say sometimes. I think twice in the past twenty or thirty years, the IRS has or Congress has uh, opened windows for um, people who have opted out to opt back in. Uh, so basically, you file your form after I think it's two years of um, tax returns. You can file to opt back in, and so they've opened up two of those in the past, you know, 20, 25 years. The last window that was open was in, I believe it was 2002. Uh, last year in 2020, uh, Congress had, with the help of members of the Church Alliance and Church Benefits Association, uh, had came up with the Clergy Act of 2020. Um, that would have opened a window again for pastors to opt back in. Uh, but then COVID happened and no action was taken on that. Uh, it was a bipartisan bill, so it had good uh, implications that it was going to go through, uh, but it's not been reintroduced in this Congress. And so we don't know, you know if it's going to be uh, reopened uh, or reintroduce so that it can be put back in so that a window would be open. But uh, our office tries to notify our pastors anytime Congress does something like that, that would give them an option to get back in. Um, but, you know, that nothing has happened with that yet. So, but we will do our best to keep everybody informed if it does become available. One thing I think it's important uh, for us to, to touch on or, or point out is that if a person does choose to, to opt out, it, it it's, means you don't have to pay the 15.3% tax just on the ministerial earnings. It doesn't affect any income a, a person may uh, make from a secular job. And so if you're a bivocational pastor, then, you know, that doesn't keep you from paying the the Medicare Social Security taxes on your secular job uh, earnings is just with your ministerial earnings. But also in the same vein, uh, some people who have opted out do have, may have some Social Security uh, benefits if they've uh, got enough quarters in from previous employment through a uh, secular job and so uh, doesn't mean that if you opted out that you may not get any social security but you you won't get it uh, based upon any ministerial earnings and so again it's just something to consider in, in the overall thrust of trying to figure out whether it's a it's a good idea or not and i you know i have spoke 
to some who views that argument, you know, to opt out. But I, I would point everybody back to uh, not just the financial implications, but the legal and the ethical implications of, of doing it. Are you consciously opposed to to receiving that? And so that's just another consideration as well. And we've talked to, well, I've personally talked to several pastors who were advised when they were very young about opting out and they they admittedly said, I didn't really do the research into doing it. They just said, this would be a way for me to save money. And so I did it. And so then they were kind of like, oh man, I wish I hadn't had done that. And so, you know, they were, if, if you work your 40 quarters, uh, so it's a 10 year stint, you work your 40 quarters uh, to get into um, the social security system and get your benefits. Uh, then I know a lot of those guys who, you know, were pastoring and ended up having to take a janitorial job or something at like the local high school or something like that in order to get their quarters in so that they could have, um, have their social security benefits kind of reinstated. And a lot of it was not so much for the monetary side of, like the retirement benefits, but it was for the Medicare, the disability, the survivor benefits to kind of help protect their families. Because in retirement, your medical expenses is is what is makes up the bulk of your um, your your expenses. And so, whenever you get into your retirement years, your medical expenses is what's going to eat away a lot of that nest egg that you have. And so, without the Social Security and the Medicare, um, then you're having to pay. You're having to come up with all of those expenses yourself. And so, you know, unless you have been stocking away uh, funds from the time you started working at the rate that would offset that, uh, which most people haven't, then um, you're you're really in a bind whenever you get to that point. But as, as a person's thinking through this um, and maybe considerate and th- they're thinking through the financial implications, but also thinking through the ethical implications or whether they uh, are a conscious objector or not, I, I would encourage people to consider uh, looking up an article written by Russell Moore or not really an article, but a response to, to a question. Uh, you could just Google Russell Moore opting out of Social Security and you can read his response. I think it's it's a, a great uh, response, a great, uh, gives a great understanding of the ethical implications and what a person really is doing and just something to to help enlighten and another avenue of a resource to in, in the consideration of whether uh, you should make that decision or not. So you could just Google that Russell Moore opting out. I think it's a great uh, article to consider. And if you, if you are a person that does have a, you know, an opposition to being into this, um, having this public insurance, um, you know, just on your religious principles, then, you know, it, that that's the reason the opt-out option is there. 
Um, but if you are going to opt out, then you just need to understand, you know, what you're actually giving up. Um, you, you are saving the taxes, but you're giving up a lot of benefit that, you know, is subsidized by the government. And so, you know, you have to make, you yourself will end up having to have to make the arrangements uh, to offset those things. And so it's not impossible to do, but it just, it does mean that there'll be more work on you to do that. And so, you know, if, if you are a person that, you know, feels that way and feels like, well, I need to opt out because of my beliefs, you know, you're more than welcome to do that, but just know that you have to do the preparations to offset those things as well. And just to, to revisit all those things to consider, if you are a conscious objector and you decide to opt out, uh, be sure to set up a uh, retirement plan. And uh, we'd encourage you to uh, go to boardretirement.com, look at uh, our retirement plan that we have and be sure you save enough uh, for retirement. Uh, you to consider some life insurance, whether it's term life insurance, and as John said, some whole life insurance. You would need that to help uh, protect your family, long-term disability insurance, uh, and some maybe some health insurance to help supplement what you this reduced the missing out of the reduced cost Medicare coverage. So those things are important uh, when you're considering uh, opting out. Yeah, and. You know, again, Social Security retirement um, is not, it's probably not going to be enough for you to, um, to, you re to be able to retire comfortably on, uh, but it is something that would help pad uh, your, your retirement uh, that you're saving already. So, like, it's, if you take that little cushion away, then, you know, you need to offset that cushion as well. So, um you know, we are, we're more than happy to help you. Uh, even if you're not eligible to be part of the board of retirement, uh, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us at info at reinvestfwb.com. Uh, we'll be happy to talk through uh, any of the questions that you have. If you have opted out, uh, what you need to do to kind of help protect yourself and get things set up. Uh, if you're thinking about opting out, we're happy to talk through uh, and give you some uh, counsel on that. Um, and if we can be of service to you, please feel free to contact us. Um, we'd appreciate it if you would uh, write a review and like us on uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast at. And we look forward to talking to you all again next time. Thank you for listening to the Reinvest Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at reinvestfwb.com. Please subscribe to the Reinvest Podcast through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and more.